0: Texas-sized turd. Welcome in, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the True Kings of Queen City podcast, coming to you live and previously recorded at the same damn time from the mob, the angry mob, as we march on with pitchfork in hand on the latest installment of NFL football brought to you by... The Carolina Panthers. I am your boy, your host with the most, A three big panda. What up, big panda? And what's going on? Shout out to my boy Danny G Radio, and I am joined by. Oh, listen, there's no one else here. Well, we got the board out. There's no one else here. It's just your boy, Big Panda, falling solo dolo. And if you're wondering why Michael hasn't been on, why Black Steve the second, while not even my my other friends have been on, well, can you really blame them? We are in the doldrums once again. We are in dark times. It's just the dark ages once again for Panther football. And for those of you who saw the game, I don't really need to say anything. What's understood ain't got to be explained. For those of you who missed it, whether you worked or you were asleep or you had other things to attend to like life, we got punished once again after the Thursday night drubbing where we also were too busy to deal with family things to do an episode, by the Cowboys and the Bears in back-to-back weeks. But we will discuss only the freshest wound that we are continuing to lick in the Bank of America Stadium, the vault, more like the vault of shame, as we break down the Panthers' ultimate loss to the Dallas Cowboys. And we will try to wrap it up as soon as we can because we got to turn around and break down and preview what we're going to do against the Tennessee Titans. But without further ado, I'm going to take a drink with you guys because it has been a rough couple of weeks for me personally, and thank goodness the holidays are around the corner. So I'm going to drink one with you guys because it was tough watching that game, but we got to keep pounding one way or another. So cheers to y'all fans. A very smooth... Wild Cherry Pepsi. Why it's not a beer? is because beer is for winners. <clears throat> Excuse me. And unfortunately, oh man, that's actually really good. Wild Cherry Pepsi haven't had in a while. But like I was saying, when you lose 33 to 10 to the Dallas Cowboys and you turn Charlotte into North, North Texas and you basically make it a home game for the Dallas Cowboys, and we're all apathetic about it because, let's just be real, Panther fans, whether you converted from one fan base or another, it doesn't matter. You really don't give a shit about the Cowboys. You don't give a fuck about the Cowboys. They're just annoying. They're just that bad itch you can't scratch. And we were very apathetic and lethargic. We didn't care. We allowed all y'all in with open arms to take over the stadium and Jerry Jones took it over and Jimmy Johnson was there and he was announced before the game that he will be inducted into the Cowboys ring of honor. That has nothing to do with the effing game. It has nothing to do with the game. I'm not happy about it either, but we, we knew it was going to happen because Cowboy fans, they travel all throughout the fucking world. They do. They do. In fact, they're giving me indigestion right now with the way that they were trolling our live streams, both uh the Panthers official live stream and the C three uh Panthers podcast. You I'll left, leave a link. I'll leave a link in the description of this podcast. You absolutely gotta check those guys out. I be, I'm there after every post game I mean after post game report and they do their podcast, I'm there in the chat. So you can find me there, that's for sure. But regardless, it was embarrassing. It was abysmal that that was the outcome. And you had 10, 11 days to get ready for this game, and we knew it was going to be rough. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend and thought that we were going to win this game. But after the long layover from the embarrassing loss to uh, Beijing Orange for the Chicago Bears, because that's the first time that the equivalent to the Heisman Trophy in D2 beat the Heisman Trophy winner. So let's just say the husband Trophy winner doesn't mean a damn thing. So let's just throw that out. That award means nothing. If anything, it is a stigma. So he lost that. He lost to the Bears. DJ got his get back. And you'd think that you'd have some time to, you know, watch some film on Micah Parsons, watch some film on um, DeMarcus Lawrence, watch some film on uh, Deron Bland, watch some film on somebody on the defense, but apparently not, and if you did, well, you watched it with rose-colored glasses on, because you didn't see anything, you didn't learn anything, it was just a setback, Frank Wright, this his first game, calling the plays again, more of the effing same, it's just been lackluster, milk toast, vanilla offense. And we got reminded of that really fast when the Cowboys just jumped on us, strangled us, Homer Simpson style, like he did his son. And yeah. We won't talk about that because we're not talking about pop culture. This is a Panthers podcast. But the 33 to 10 blowout from start to finish, it wasn't close and it was very embarrassing, very telling and it was very Very much of a convincing road win for the Cowboys because they have had their struggles on the road. However, you wouldn't be able to tell that it was a road game when you looked at the crowd on TV. It was just a sea of navy blue. It made me want to vomit in my mouth, only to realize that we have to send a message to David Tepper. But, Tepper, you're going to have your hour with me later on in the episode, but we're going to keep it moving. The Cowboys, (laughs) they jumped out to our early league, as we said, never looked back. Never had any reason to look back. Never had gave me any reason why they weren't going to cover the F fucking spread, which was 10, by the way. So if you listened to me earlier in the week, if you're my friends, and I told you take the Panthers, I'm sorry I lost you money. The offense, there's only one word, word to um, describe what the offense was today, and uh, that was anemic. If you take Adam Thielen out of the equation, we were not moving the ball. This was a warm body is what this offense was. And it was getting cold fast. It turned into a corpse very fast. And the defense, although they were bending and ultimately breaking themselves with terrible penalties in certain drives, they were just as bad. 33 points you gave up. Zero sacks in the past two weeks. That's unforgivable. That is piss poor. And I know the Cowboys defense also. Zero sacks on Dak Prescott. In the past two games. Oh, and by the way, that Prescott going into this game had 12 touchdowns in the past three games. Our Panthers offense as a whole this entire season matched that. Pathetic. I mean, you probably already knew that, but I just wanted to remind you if you didn't, that is just piss poor that one man is outdoing an entire unit. That just speaks volumes to how bad this organization is and how far we've fallen in such a short time. But continuing on, learning the lessons we can from this loss. What else? It was just disappointing from start to finish. You know, we we had no heart, we had no fight, and then when we did have fight, we had to fight well after the echo of the whistle, and it cost us. It was just a pathetic performance. But let's look at the stats. The passing leaders, of course, Dak Prescott went twenty-five for thirty-eight, a hundred and eighty-nine yards and two touchdowns while Unfortunately, the, the good guys who went down, the Panthers, Bryce Young leading the team as best as he could, going 16 for 29, 123 yards, one touchdown pass, and one pick six to Deron Bland, who set a new NFL record, which is apparently the, the cool thing to do to the Panthers, you know. We're just a meme franchise. So you come here, if you're having a bad game like um, Tony Pollard, he hadn't scored a touchdown since week one. He sh- made sure he got one today, and not only did he get it, he got it in dominant fashion. Go check the tape. I'm not going to play it for you because it's that demoralizing, and we got a penalty on the place, and it got declined, which made it even worse. But, yeah, if there have been better days, and the question that is being asked to me right now on my Instagram is what are some of the key takeaways From the game, well, let's just look at all the stats that you know we that put up. Thirty-three to ten final score. The Cowboys had three hundred and eleven total yards of offense compared to our one hundred and eighty-seven yards. One hundred and eighty-seven yards. I mean, in an entire NFL game. I mean, that's Madden esque shit right there. Let's keep going. But passing yards. Let's break it out. 77 passing yards as a team. Most of them belong to Adam Thielen. We're gonna look at his stats a little later as well because he is just balling. He is a bad, bad man. But again, Bryce Young, 77 passing yards, that's bad. Very bad. The elephant, the elephant, see him. Pathetic. Rushing yards, not really much better. 110 rushing yards as a team. I mean, again, not Not great. We got a problem in the backfield. Skill issue. It is a skill issue. Thank you. Uh, We averaged 3.2 yards per play opposed to the Cowboys 4.6 yards per play. And by the way, the Cowboys passing yards, 204 passing yards and 107 rushing yards. So we barely edged them in rushing, but not by much. Not by much. And we didn't run no touchdowns in, so they didn't score. So bravo, Miles Sanders, kind of redeemed himself. Skill issue. Well, yeah, he still has some skill issues, but he redeemed himself because I didn't want to see him touching the field again after the Chicago game, and I'm I'm glad I didn't make a show about the Chicago game now. Uh, You think so? Oh, you don't want... Okay. But anyway, moving on, the Cowboys had 23 first downs in the game, opposed to our 13, which we had some clutch fourth down uh, conversions early in the game, but it ultimately didn't matter. It... um. Midway through the third quarter, it turned into garbage time real fast. And uh, it didn't even matter. Fourth quarter, we did not score not a single point, point. the Cowboys scored 16. Ran away with it. Again, not hard to do against this offense and defense, but, again, not coming to bash them. We're just looking at the numbers. Third down efficiency, they were 7 for 16 third down, so slightly less than 50%. We were 5 for 15, so, you know, 33 and a third percent. Not bad. Fourth down, we got it every time. Three for three for the game. The Cowboys didn't have to worry about fourth down because they were either kicking field goals, scoring, or punting, and they didn't punt very often. Because for the whole game, they punted three times. We punted five. That's good. I'll take that. Five punts is you know a couple too many, but you know I'll take five punts. It means we're not, you know, we're not totally anemic, but we definitely were. Total plays, 68 plays for the Cowboys versus our 59. That's pr- pretty even. But here's the telling stat for me. We got zero sacks on Dak Prescott all effing game. Second game, the Cowboys had zero sacks. Well, how many sacks do you think we gave up? Well, seven. I'll just take seven sacks. And, and it leads me to a bigger point that I've been having about Bryce Young he's he's halfway ruined already you could see it in his um the post game press conference he's just beaten down he's defeated he's tired but yeah he's got to keep coming out here and putting on you know a smile on his face and trying to say the right things the guy is defeated okay i'm not knocking the guy i i feel bad for Bryce young now you know i know i'm the biggest you know proponent against him and cj stroud is my guy and I will, you know, die on that hill. C.J. Stroud is my guy, but Bryce Young is my quarterback. So I'm going to get on the hill with him. And I'm going to say, stop it. Keep pounding nation. Stop it. I was rough on the board, too. But this team, they're not doing anything for him. It's, it's time. It's time for a change. It's been time for a change. And I don't see what you benefit. I don't see what you gain from keeping – this, you know, this core that is just nothing but abysmal failures together. I mean, because you're going to have to pay them anyway. Just get rid of them. You have no problem playing Matt Rule and he's rebuilt Nebraska. You have no problem, you know, you should have zero problem playing Frank Wright. It's just, it's just pathetic. Just stop it, Tepper. You you, you always want your hands on everything. And this is the results that we all have to live with. Because, look, we have to live with results like this. Cowboys players today, Brandon Cooks, three catches, 42 yards. CeeDee Lamb, six catches, 38 yards. That's keeping him in check compared to what he has been doing, so we'll take that. But Ferguson, three catches, 32 yards. Michael Gallup, three catches, 31 yards. Both of them averaging a first down every time they catch the ball. I can't say Luke Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker. I butchered your name. I'm sorry, buddy. But he scored the first touchdown of the game and only caught one more ball after that and still averaged over a first down per catch. Pathetic. Tony Pollard, four for 19, four catches, 19. Not bad. He's coming out of the backfield. Same thing for Jalen Tobit. Two catches, 12 yards, still getting six yards a catch. And, and Turpin, the, four, the pro bowler from last season, he had an okay game. Two catches, 10 yards. They're pretty gimmicky. But – They were moving the ball, and they were scoring on us. That's the point of it. Same thing in the rushing game. Pollock got his first touchdown since week one. Week one. And he only rushed for 61 yards the entire game, but he was getting five a carry. He was doing something. Even Dowley was doing this in eight carries, but 23 yards, and they were big when he needed them. He only averaged 2.9 yards per carry, but he had a couple big runs when they needed it. Turpin only had one rush for 13 yards. CeeDee Lamb won for seven, and that was a first down. I remember that in the backfield. And Dakota Prescott even getting six yards on two rushes. The only one who was bad was Cooper Rush, but that was garbage time, and Dax Day was done. Now, what did we do on offense, you might think? Well, we couldn't have been that bad. Well, we were anemic, so what do you think? Chuba Hubbard was leading the way, 10 carries, 57 yards. You can't run the ball. You can't set up the pass, but unless you're passing it to Adam Thielen, who has been absolutely balling. Miles Sanders somewhat redeeming himself. 11 carries with 50 yards, but neither one of those guys saw the end zone this week. So, um, unfortunate. Unfortunate. It was, you know, combine your 100-yard rusher, but you didn't see the end zone. That's really what we needed. We needed more points, and it's not entirely your fault. You were just following the scheme, the scheme that you could draw up in a sandlot. But it is what it is. And Bryce Young, two rushes, three yards. Oh, and a fumble. So we'll throw that in there, too. Let's not forget he fumbled it when he absolutely could not fumble it on third down. Receiving again. The word of the day is Thielen, as in Adam Thielen, like it is every Sunday. Eight catches, 74 yards. And quite frankly, he got held on one and didn't get the call. And got a, and, But the Cowboys got a much lesser call. Later on in the game, he was furious. He's probably going to get fined because he was giving the refs – he was ripping the refs, you know, a new one. He was giving it to the refs all game long. And damn it, they deserved it. They were BSing my boy Thielen out there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand on that hill with him too. Stop the cap. I was no cap, man. You know what I'm talking about. Like, he got held. But, you know, you can go watch the film like I did or watch it live like I did. He has a point, and I wouldn't be surprised. If he gets fined, I think we should do a GoFundMe to, to to get him get it paid for him. I mean, for real, we should. Wow. I mean, he's our whole offense. I mean, why not? Wow. Again, eight catches, 74 yards for Adam Thielen. He's been balling. And that's about it. I don't even want to say what anyone else did because it's not even worth mentioning. Jonathan Mingo. He's the one I will mention. One catch, six yards. He was the target when Bryce Young threw that pick six to Deron Bland. I'm done with Jonathan Mingo. I don't think he will be on the team next year because there will be a different coaching staff. They will send him to fucking New England, and it will be the last we hear from him. I would love to be wrong about that, but right now, Mingo, he's a bust. He's a bust. He's not doing anything to help. In fact, not just him, Terrence Marshall Jr. inactive this game. Hayden Hurst inactive in this game. Why? Why? Especially the tight ends. We why? We we need tight ends for Bryce and and clearly he's got some chemistry with Hayden Hurst. So unless it was a uh you know, mental health issue or something like that, I don't know why Hayden Hurst was not playing. Like I have zero idea. I I would love to know. Damn son, yeah. where uh, Yeah, I don't know. What else can I say about this team that we don't already know, though? To be honest with you, like we know that the season is officially lost, and we have officially clinched uh yet another losing season. You know, we we it's it nine losses that does it. We have we're, we we in the worst part to me about this whole season is we gave we knew what we were giving up. We gave up not only our you know our distant future, but we gave up our immediate future for this, for Bryce Young. We gave up the chance of having Sam Darnold and DJ Moore and maybe be able to build with a Jonathan Mingo or or another receiver. Like, <laughs> like I don't even want to say. But the point is we, we, we've ruined it. We are ruining Bryce Young right now. It was embarrassing to see Bryce Young be led astray yet again by this piss-poor, dysfunctional franchise. And by the way, I'm not going to completely defend Bryce Young because he did have a bad game. Again, the pick six to Bland and the fumble whenever he was scrambling very late and tried to ridiculously fake pitch it to an offensive lineman to ultimately lose it with his junior whopper baby hands and give it right back to the Cowboys with a short field and they scored shortly after. I'm not defending him. On that. He did have a bad game, but they're ruining him. They're ruining this young man. I'm gonna give the defense a little credit here though, because they were bending. They were bending and not breaking until we broke ourselves by having the dumb penalties. Like the horse collar slash face mask on Xavier Woods, that was kind of a freak thing, man. Like that's not gonna happen all the time, but you know, just you know, like Greg Olson said in the in the um telecast. You know, make a form tackle, you know, hit them in the numbers. Don't go, don't reach high. That's the worst thing you could have done. And then in the same drive, we we had a defensive lineman just absolutely shove Kayvon Turpin well after the play and put it inside the 10. And the Cowboys just punched it in right after that. So we did shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit on defense. You know, we were bending, we were bending, but we broke ourselves. The Cowboys didn't break us. We broke ourselves by not being disciplined as a unit. And I know it was one player's mistake both times, but you know, Xavier Woods was making a play and another guy whose name I will not mention to spare him, he was just making a boneheaded decision. But that held us that held us up and you know, when we broke, that was it, you know. The Cowboys just kept scoring at will, moving the ball however they wanted whenever they wanted to. And when they were able to get the Creole quarterback, uh, Dakota Prescott out, you already knew it was over. You already knew it was over because what could we do? We couldn't even stop Cooper Rush. We couldn't stop Cooper Rush. That's all I got to say. That should explain it all. We could not stop Cooper Rush. But they turned our mistakes into points and not just three of them. They capitalized. They did what good teams are supposed to do, and unfortunately, we did what bad teams do. We made mistakes, and we got blown out at home. Not only did we get blown out at home, we got blown out at home and cheered against, you know? And there's no easy fix, by the way. So for all these Panther fans that are saying, we got to go get the next hot college quarterback, listen, Jim Harbaugh is a slime ball, and there is no reason that he should, would want to even come back to, to the NFL, much less the Panthers. If he was going to come back to the NFL, you really think he was coming to Carolina where we have an owner who's trying to basically make it, almost like college where it's like, oh, you answered me, I do this. I do. No, Jim Harbaugh is a hands-on dude. And honestly, he he's going to have to go somewhere because in my mind, he just ruined everything about that school from up north that I refuse to say the name of because I'm a Buckeyes fan. And if you're thinking Lincoln Riley, why would you want him either? He ruined USC. He ruined that defense and Caleb Williams is average was average this season. So why would you have any confidence that he could come here and inject some damn life into this offense that has none? Oh, he, what is he going to do? He going to sacrifice the defense? It's damn near gone already. It's damn near gone already. So if he wants to you know, coach the Panthers because he feels like it's the USC of the east coast then come right on but you know it's it's going to be a bad time it's going to be a bad time for all involved and that includes me and hopefully that includes you because you're a Panthers fan and this is why you're listening to this podcast right now which I thank you for thank you so much for, for your time as we speak into the wind the digital wind but we got to keep going we got to stop venting but what can we do in the short term now I think that's just going to happen I think in the next 24 to 48 hours. Now, this is speculation. I don't know anything. But I really believe in my heart of hearts in the next 24 to 48 hours, either Frank Reich, Scott Fitter, or maybe even both will be gone. And I am not watching anything right now, so I can't tell you if anything has been breaking news this way. But I just feel in my gut feeling like it's time to make a change. There's a reason that Frank Wright was fired midway into the season with Indianapolis, and I think we're starting to see it. Like We've run our course with him, and he's not going to get the whole year with Bryce. He's just not. If he does, it'll be by the grace of God. It really will be. That's the way I see it. Uh But at the end of the day, this is our bed, and now we got to sleep in it. Tepper did this to us. So we're just going to be a bad team for a while. you know. We're not going to have – we don't have any draft capital. Um, I don't know if we'll just look into getting a first-round pick somehow. Because let's just face it, Brian Burns is leaving, so he was our last bit of leverage to get a first-round pick. And J.C. Horn could be, but he's injury prone. So I don't think people are going to want to give us a first-round pick to get J.C. because he can't stay on the field. But with that being said, let's move on to the small preview of next week's game coming up after we've stuffed ourselves with all the delicious bird and ham and all the fixings that we could ever stomach. And then we'll regurgitate that on Black Friday. We'll be uh, suffering from indigestion on Saturday, and then Sunday we'll be just good enough to crack open some brews and watch the Panthers and Titans. Let's go. Hell yeah. That's the, that's the wrong button. Don't push that button. Please don't push that button, bro. Thank you. But anyway, anyway, we will be looking to obviously bounce back from such a horrific loss to the nemesis, the Dallas Cowboys. When we take on the Tennessee Titans, and according to DraftKings, as of the recording of this podcast, the Titans are a four point favorite at home. The Titans are also coming off a fresh ass kicking of their own against the Jaguars. They got punished thirty four to fourteen. The mayonnaise man threw two touchdowns and no picks, and he's hoping to have his best game as a pro against the Panthers because we're just you know the redheaded stepchild of the NFL right now. But you know that's how it is. I'm mad. I'm not happy about it. I'm pissed too. But we got. I'm mad. Yeah, but that's the that's the world we live in right now. So how's it going to go down? What do I think we need to win this game? Well, first of all, to be you know completely honest, I think we need a fucking miracle. I think we need somebody to get shot. Uh, we need somebody to have the flu like DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not wishing those things on. I'm just saying we need Derrick Henry to get arthritis in his knees so bad that he can't even bend them in his bed. And I need Will Levis to be uh, shit-faced before he gets to Nissan Stadium on Sunday morning. But since those things won't be happening, let's just be realistic. We need to possess the ball first, forget deferring it, and we need to score fast and often. And my solution for that is my notes right here. All Adam Thielen, all day long, because just look at his numbers The past six games, man, like that's all y'all look. Detroit, eleven catches, one hundred seven yards, one touchdown against Miami. Same thing, eleven catches, hundred fifteen. His best game as a Panther in a touchdown against Houston, our lone win of the season. Eight catches, seventy two yards against the Colts. Five catches, twenty nine yards. Chicago, the Thursday night debacle. Six catches, 42 yards. And even today against the Cowboys, eight catches, 74 yards. No touchdowns in those game, in those last three games. Four games, my, my excuse me. So it, it, we got to get the ball in Adam Thielen's hand. I don't care if we have to do jet sweeps, end arounds, wildcat. We got to find ways to get Adam Thielen more involved because he is hands down our best offensive weapon. No doubt about it. So, all Adam Thielen all of the time, all day long. Punch it down their throat. Give them a daily dose of vitamin A, as in Adam Thielen. And no turnovers. We got to avoid the turnovers. So, if Bryce, you feel the pressure, you got to run. And when you run, you got to hold the ball like your paycheck's on the ball. And if someone's about to take your block off, slide. Don't dive, slide. Because if they do take your block off, it's a penalty. And we, we need it. We need all the cheap yards we can get. You got to be smart. You gotta be smart out there. What else do we need though? Defense. We need our defense to show up like it had been in a couple of games that had showed up this season. We need to get sacks because we have not had sacks in the past two games, and we cannot allow the mayonnaise man to get comfortable in the pocket. We have to take away DeAndre Hopkins in the secondary, so he's forced to hold to the ball long, longer, giving Derrick Brown, Brian Burns, and the rest of the front four time to get to him. And you know, we're playing pretty fast. Derrick Brown was getting off and he was dominating at times in the game against the Cowboys. He was destroying Zach Martin, but he's only one man. And the Titans are, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, they are a lesser offensive line than the Cowboys. So I think Derek and Brian, they will be able to get off, but we need our linebackers to step up more. We need him to do more. Frankie Louvre is only one man. He can't do it all by himself. And God, I'm I'm really itching to go get me a a, a jersey, man. I, I I might put that on my Christmas list. Frankie Louvre. But then he'll leave us. Watch. And he might. Oh, no. <laughs> Please, no. Please, don't. But, again, as a unit, the defense has not had a sack in the past two weeks. And we went from our goal, it being our golden unit to being our gilded unit. It's fake gold. It's flaking off. And they got to get their luster back. You know, Stella got to get her groove back one way or another. And I think the Titans is the best way that we can do it. I'm not saying it's going to save our season, but it will give us hope for the future. We got to start. And – Tennessee Titans game, that could be a huge building block for us going forward. We may not have draft capital like we want, but we got to make the best of this situation, and the best we can do is turn it around real real fast, get a win right after the holiday season, Um, and as we continue to go in through December, let's finish strong and let's punish the mayonnaise man. That's what we got to do. It's going to be a little tougher because we got to make the trip to Nashville. So – that being said, we just played a road game in Charlotte, so I think we're used to the crowd noise. We think you think we would be, but we're not, I'm not sure. And that, that's gonna be our breakdown. And before we wind down on this particular episode of the podcast, I just have a couple of things to get off my chest about the organization. I understand uh, a lot of us as uh, Panthers fans have been, you know, beyond frustrated. With how things have been going the past year and a half, two years, even longer than that, I'm just being generous. You know, it had been nightmares. There have been nightmares from this organization for the past couple of years. You know, we put our faith in uh, Matt Rule. We put our faith in uh, David Tepper. We put our, t- you know, and we re- we put our faith in running Matt Rule out of town, and. I don't know about you guys, but for me and uh, some of my closer uh, family members that are Panthers fans, um, we were pretty uh, rubbed the wrong way ever since um, we let Steve Wilkes go. he deserved, I still think he deserved to be a chance to be the Panthers head coach. He only got one chance to be a head coach in this league, and it was only one season. It was a bad season, and they cut him loose. I, I think it's very unfair. And – um. I'll just give you my raw feelings. We're just going to take you know, facts and stuff. I'm just giving you my feelings and my opinions on how the season has gone so far and how I feel about this coaching staff now compared to how I felt going into the season. Now, going into the season, remember, we broke down the coaching staff and we broke down the draft picks and some of our free agent signings when we were looking at um the three-part docuseries. Please check it out in the previous episode if you haven't already. But um, I was very confident – And the whole coaching staff across the board. And I'm going to have to take a drink from this. Oh, yeah. Delicious. But anyway. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I love my drop guy. But anyway, I was extremely impressed. But now that we've been playing 10 games – and we're one in nine. I just gotta say, there are too many brilliant minds on this coaching staff for us to be this bad. Now, again, I had mentioned before that you know David Tepper was doing his grocery shopping at Dollar Tree, but he was getting, but he was getting his his chefs straight from the academy. Some of them were were teachers at the academy and bringing them in, i.e., Frank Wright who got fired from an academy, but he brought him right back in. Now, when he did that, it rubbed me and my family the wrong way and some of my other friends that are fans. And I'm going to play the race card because we're like, he's getting another chance immediately. This guy, for Stephen Temp- uh, Stephen, Steve Wilkes, he just had more wins in half a season than – any season that Matt Rule ever coached the Carolina Panthers, he had two five-win seasons, two full five-win seasons. He won six games in half a season. You should have gave him a chance. And I know he probably wasn't your guy, but he proved that he could do it. Not only could he prove he could do it, the, the he had the locker room. The, the players trusted him. The fans knew him. He was one of us. He He, he is a brother. He is a he's part of the heart and soul of this organization, and, and you let him walk. Again, remember when he went to Arizona, he left the Panthers, and he's like he's leaving for good this time. He's not coming back. I don't blame him. And then you brought in a guy who just basically was <laughs> he was basically Matt Rule last year. He got fired halfway through the season and got replaced by a high school football coach and former university of narcissistic chump center Jeff Saturday who could only win one fucking game and he gets another chance like that it's a joke you should i mean you should, it should be illegal to do that. it should be 100% illegal to do that and i was believing what he was selling you know, because I believe that he did learn something. But little did I know, he was just capping like Mike McCarthy. Except McCarthy, he didn't allow someone else to have input. Frank Wright can't even afford that. And I see now that, yeah, he's he's afraid. He's afraid. The whole organization is afraid because we're they're all underneath the thumb of, of of David Tepper. And I'm getting a little flustered. I'm getting upset. It's, because, boy, I just want to crush him. He's terrible. Oh, brother, this yes. guy stinks! Not only does he stink, he's a terrible owner. He needs to sh- shut the fuck up and get the hell out of the way. Just sign the checks and sit in your skybox. Let the people you pay millions of dollars make these football decisions. That's all I can say. And that be- All that being said, I would not be surprised at all that in the next 24 to 48 hours, Scott Fitter and or Frank Wright will be fired. They might get fired before you hear this part of the podcast. I'll just be honest with you. They might get fired before I can even post this to the Internet and have it all over the airwaves for y'all to hear. We just don't know that. Christmas might come early if that happens for me. But I'm not holding my breath. It's abysmal what has happened to this organization. I know that 2015 is a long time ago, where we were, you know, dabbing our way to the Super Bowl, and we had 11 Pro Bowlers, and we were the shit, and nobody could tell us anything. But that is a un that is a world away ago. That is a whole lifetime away. And if you would have told me then that enjoy it now, because in eight years you're gonna make the Cleveland Browns looked like the New England Patriots before Brady left, I'd have laughed in your fucking face. But now I'm crying in my beers at night. And it's pathetic. Keep Pounding Nation has never been this low. And I've lived through two 1-15 seasons myself, okay? I had to live through Jimmy Clausen, the miniature Frankenstein, throwing pick after pick and getting sacked again and again before we got Cam Newton. And... We had to live through a 1-15 season where we beat New England week one. We lost every game after that. But there there were better times ahead, though, because we had to go through that particular season in 2001 to get Julius Peppers. We had to go that particular season with Jimmy Stein in 2010 to get Cam Newton. This time, we had to go through this so the Chicago Bears could get a franchise quarterback. How pathetic is that? David Tepper, this is your problem. You have taken away the culture and the identity of this organization, and you should be ashamed of yourself. It's so pathetic. I wish you could be court-martialed today. You sold our soul, and you sold us out, and what do we have to show for? it? Absolutely nothing. But on that note, we're going to Bring this ship in to harbor until Thanksgiving time is over. But until then, keep pounding nation, all my brothers and sisters out there, all you true kings and queens out there of Queen City. I only wish that you have upset stomachs from only engorging yourself in too much turkey, ham, mac and cheese, and yeast rolls, and gravy, and whatever it is you partake for in this wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, if you even do decide to celebrate it. Please don't get worked up and get upset stomachs and nausea from the Carolina Panthers. But until next time, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and keep pounding. I've been training like my first name's hopping. Please like, subscribe, and then comment. And I don't know how the fuck you got here, but your tenure won't last. i will fucking around with testing like that. Don't push this, you're gonna find out. I've been fighting my demons.